Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, where the mission is very simple. It is to improve always in all ways. Look, I am on a mission to create the absolute best version of myself. And through the Jason Wright Show, I let you know everything I'm doing to make that happen. I interview incredible, remarkable, brilliant individuals from all different walks of life. And I also try to bring you tools, tactics, and protocols that will help you in your own personal mission to improve always in always. Now, let's get started. All right, so I don't know about you guys, but Every once in a while, I have something happen that annoys the living daylights out of me, and it's really not that big of a deal, and I don't know why it bugs me so, but it does, and it probably shouldn't. However, after years and years and years of dealing with this frustration, I have finally figured out a way to cure the frustration. The thing I'm talking about that happens is whenever I get a phone call from someone I don't know when a number I do not recognize pops up on my cell phone and I don't know why it triggers me. First of all, I'm like, and maybe this is probably a little bit, um, I don't know that I would call it arrogant, but I'm very protective of my time. Right. And that's something that I, I should do a whole show on how you should be incredibly protective of your time. Because after all, I mean, it's the, every passing moment is the last one you will ever have. It's not coming back. And so the older I get, the more finite I realize life really is. And so I'm very, very, very protective of my time. And so when some random number pops up, it just aggravates me. There's actually, it always reminds me of, there's this scene in Wolf of Wall Street. And I was actually going to play the clip, but it's just, it's Rob Reiner just going off and cussing to such a degree that I didn't want to have to try to bleep everything out. But it's when Jordan Belfort is describing his dad and how he had this hair trigger temper. And he shows how if anyone calls him at night while he's watching his TV shows, how he just goes ballistic. And so Rob Reiner, someone calls and he just <laughs> loses it because someone's calling on a Tuesday night while he's trying to watch his shows. Well, I'm not quite that bad, but I do get a little flustered when I get a call from a number that I don't know, especially because they're calling my cell phone, which is pretty personal. Now I get it. Most of us, our cell phone is now our primary phone and our numbers get get sold and whatever on these marketing lists and all that stuff. But so I have figured out a great way to not get flustered. And, and, and here, here's, here, here's, here, here it is. So you may want to write this down. You may, may want to pull over because it's very, it's a very sophisticated methodology for dealing with this frustration. Here it is. I don't answer. I know it's crazy, right? Crazy. I mean, that should be, that's like something that's right up there with Marcus Aurelius in one of his entries in meditations. And the, here's, here's the thing that, I finally had to come to grips with. I am not obligated to take that call, but there's there's some reason why I internally felt like I was in fact obligated to take this phone call from this individual. I had no idea who they were, while they were why they were calling, and I thought that it was my duty to give them this rando that 
I didn't ask for them to call me. I have no, I didn't have them on my calendar, but it was my duty to give them some of my time. And the reason why I bring that up, because I think that most of us can relate to that. We think we're supposed to answer the call, even if we don't know who the heck it is. Well, we do that a lot in life in general. We take on these false obligations. We, 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 we tend to believe that we are obligated to do things that we really are not. And so today's episode is going to cover this. What I want this to do, you don't need my permission for anything, but what I want to do is I want to alert you, to nudge you, to give yourself permission to no longer take things as obligations that are absolutely not. You get to decide whether you want to make it an obligation or not. Here's another scenario. You're at a business dinner. You've just crushed a a big tomahawk bone-in ribeye at Eddie V's, Austin, Texas, one of my favorite restaurants. I actually, I mean, wherever there's an Eddie V's, I'm there for it, right? If you have never eaten at Eddie V's, and if if you've eaten at Eddie V's or whether you haven't eaten at Eddie V's and you've never had their bananas, foster, butter cake, allow your life to be changed. Now, you're not obligated to eat it, but it's so good. I love Eddie V's. So let's say, though, that, you know, you, you've been listening to the Jason Wright Show, and you're all about improving always and always. You're trying to get metabolically healthy, and you know that you're, it, it's, it's past 8 o'clock. You've already had this huge dinner, and you're like, you know what? I don't need to eat this dessert. I don't want to, but everyone's ordering dessert. And you know, you know that if you do not participate in the dessert, that everyone else is going to be like, wait, you're not ordering dessert? Come on, order dessert. Why are you not ordering dessert? All of a sudden, your behavior of not ordering dessert, those people at the table are going to make it about them or an even better example. One that I deal with a lot is the whole drinking thing. Everyone's ordering cocktails. Would you like a glass of wine? Would you like something to drink? This was really prevalent whenever uh, Mrs. Wright and I went to Europe and you go to France, I mean, everyone's drinking wine and it's almost, it's not insulting, but it's like, it's just weird to the French if you just say, no, I don't want any wine. As a matter of fact, we went to a, uh, a chef's table experience, which is a just this incredible you know, dining experience. It was really weird for us because, you know, me being a redneck from Sulphur Springs and we, we're, we're foodies, but we're just, come on, we're not, we're just not that we're not chef's table experience kind of people, but we found ourselves in that situation. And so part of it is this incredible culinary experience, which is going to involve wine. And we, whenever we told the, uh, the guy that was uh, serving us that the head waiter that we would not care for any wine, it was like, really? But in these situations, these social situations, we, we tend to feel like it's our obligation to go against something that is even something we're trying to do to better our health. We think we're supposed to eat the dessert, even though it's well after eight o'clock and you're trying not to eat late and you've already consumed a massive amount of calories and you're just like trying to get better, you know, health, you're trying to get healthier. We go, well, I don't want people to feel bad about the fact that they're eating dessert because that's what will happen. A lot of times, oh, come on. Well, now I feel bad. Now I shouldn't. And you know what? Here is the permission I want you to give yourself. You are not obligated to eat eat dessert. You are not obligated to drink the cocktail. You can go to a party and you can have a club soda, a Topo Chico in a glass, in a whatever. And if somebody tries to say, well, you're not drinking. No, I'm not drinking. What? 
do you, so you don't drink? Well, oh gosh, now I feel weird. Is, are you okay that I drink? And look, my behavior has nothing to do with you. People are very quick to make your behaviors about them, but that does not obligate you. That is the message today. Do not assume unreasonable, unnecessary obligations. You don't have to answer the call that you don't know who the heck it is. You don't have to take the drink. You don't have to eat the dessert. You don't even have to accept an invitation to lunch. How many times do people say, you know what, let's go to lunch next week. What are you doing? And, you're, and you think to yourself, I don't want to spend an hour. I like the person. Good guy. Good gal. Enjoy their company, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that. that this is a big one for me. Uh, it's very rare that I go to lunch. I just, I pick and choose because one, I, you know, you've, you guys have probably heard me talk about it on the show before. For one thing, I have my green monster every day that I can. I usually work from home or I'm, I'm going to come home from the office uh, for lunch. And I'm going to make my big bowl of just green mush that is just nutritionally dense and that's that's what I'm going to have sitting down and having a big meal at lunch is just not something I want to do and so but but we tend to feel obligated when someone says this you're not obligated you're not and so it, it was funny uh Jemlin and I we've had a couple of instances here recently where people have made offers to me and my response is simply no and so everybody kind of laughs, like because I don't follow <laughs> the, the the societal protocol of at least acting like I might, acting like I'm moderate, you know, kind of moderately interested in whatever's being offered. Instead, I just go, yeah, no, no. And it's not, you know, becoming uh, a jackass. You don't want to be a jackass about things, but it is your life to live and your behavior. If others assume that your behavior is a reflection on them or you're supposed to somehow respond so as to not make them take ownership of your behavior uh, as, and how it relates to them, that's on them. That is not on you. Here's another thing. One of the things, because my wife has the biggest heart in the world, and she often tries to figure out what other people are thinking. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? And so she'll ask me a question like, you know, so do you think they just didn't understand? You know, why do you think? And there used to be a time where I would sit there and I'd play the game where we would sit and try to figure out why another human being did what they did, knowing full well that we might nail it, but we would never know. We'd never be able to confirm it because the person was not there. You cannot sit and explain why someone would do why what they did. And it's the same token. When you're trying to figure out how will somebody react to this, you're never going to know. So you are not obligated. And here's the thing where we really get into this whole deal of obligation, especially as parents. Often our children will, will do something. They'll behave in a certain way. And we will take it upon ourselves to explain their actions. We want to explain what we do the same thing for our parents, right? Our parents say something hurtful to another person or, or weird or whatever. And we start trying to explain, well, here's what they were probably thinking. Here's what they were doing. It is never yours or my obligation to explain the actions of another human being, especially another adult. I don't have to explain 
why my children are sometimes less than grateful for things that I, their grandparents, Mrs. Wright, do for them. It's not up to me to explain that. I'm not going to explain away why they didn't send the thank you note for the graduation gift or something. They're rude. They were just rude that moment, you know, and I raised them the best I could, but there, there's something, there wasn't a connection. They didn't come through on that one. That's it. I don't know. I get the only explanation I can take from that is they were rude. I'm not going to start and go, well, you know, they were so busy and they did this. They probably didn't think of it. No, it is never your job to explain ill behavior of another human being. That is not yours or my obligation. There are so many things in life where we feel like we're obligated to go to the party. We're obligated to go to the wedding. We're obligated to go to the funeral. We're obligated to show up for the lunch, the coffee, the meeting. No, you're really not. Meetings are a good one. I can't remember where I read this. And look, that's a little tricky one because if you have a boss that just demands that you go to the meetings, that's, that's being a good subordinate and that's, being, uh, that, that's, that's reasonable. But if you know it's a waste of your time, and you want to take control of that obligation that's been thrust upon you that you know is not the best use of your time, it's perfectly okay to go to your superior and ask, what is the value that I'm, I will be adding to this meeting? I want to make sure that I am. And if, if I'm not adding value, there's really I really think I could be doing something else that is going to add value to the organization. Or just say, hey, is it really, is it absolutely critical that I attend this meeting because I do have something that I think could be more productive. You, you're going to know the relationship that you have with your superior and how you have that conversation. But don't just assume that someone who has asked you to come to this meeting, scheduled a meeting that you are obligated to attend. And let me tell you something. If it's a meeting that is being held by someone that is not your superior, then, and it's just a group of people that you know, they're just creating a meeting out of thin air and, and they put you on the distribution list, then you're absolutely not obligated unless it's a, pro- it's, again, unless it's a you know, project team and, the, and you're the lead or they're the lead and you have a responsibility there. But even then, you can go and, and control what is your obligation and what's not. Here, the, the bottom line is what I'm learning in life as I get older, and one of the things I want to convey to you all today is that we do have so many more choices than what we often allow ourselves. We, we think that life is so cut and dry on what we must do, what we mustn't do. We want to be good citizens. We want to, you know, we want to uh, adhere to societal norms. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to make people feel bad because they're going to crush that banana's fostered butter cake and we're saying no. We don't want to make people feel bad because they're having the wine and we're, and we're not. We don't want to do that. But we do have the freedom to own our own actions and let others own theirs. And there's a lot of things, too. When people get upset about things, you're not obligated to make them feel better. If you didn't do anything wrong, if you know for, for a fact you did not intentionally hurt someone's feelings, you didn't give them the answer they wanted, it's not your job. You're, you're not obligated to somehow share in their feelings that if they took something wrong that's one of the things that um, as i've gotten older i've started doing too if if, unless i've done something 
inadvertently to harm someone, hurt somebody's feelings, something like that. If it's something that I know that it's just them being insecure, it's something that they're projecting, that there is something of that nature. I just, I'm, I don't take on the obligation to make that better. That's on them. I'm like, oh, that's, that's their issue. I can't do anything about that. That has nothing to do with me. And it takes a while, you know? Yeah, granted, it's because I'm older and you just start to figure these things out as you get older. You're like, life's too short and I'm just not going to do it. And so for those of you who aren't as far down the path, but some of you are just as, you're as old as I am or older and you're still doing this stuff. You're still owning the feelings of others. You're still putting yourself this, uh, this unnecessary obligation to make people feel better. Don't do it. Don't do it. So that's just what I wanted to to, to, to talk about today is that these false sense of obligations, get rid of them. Don't do it. Life has enough real, true obligations that you and I are obligated to do. Don't let false obligations get in the way of the ones that we really have to execute on. Hey, I hope this was a good message for you. Listen, do me a favor. Click on subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, please click like and subscribe. I really appreciate it. And if this is a good message, if you if you have someone that you see them constantly, their stomachs their 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 stomach is in knots because they're taking on obligations they shouldn't. Share this message with them. Please do that. Don't forget to leave a five star rating if you're listening to this on um, on Apple and also. On Spotify, there's a Q&A section. I'm going to unleash the Q&A part on that. I think I have the, the ability to do that. So there's some Q&A in there. I would love to hear from you about this episode. I'm always game to answer your questions. I don't have all the answers, but I'm certainly trying to learn. So I will be sure and do that. And until we meet again, please, please, please never stop endeavoring to improve always in all ways. I'm Jason Wright, the most positive dude on the interwebs saying, I'm out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, the Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out.